You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast, episode 42. Um, tonight we are joined by Mr. James Cook, the producer of the uh, super documentary that I'm sure most of you have seen um, on YouTube, going, uh, going and doing the rounds, A Catalyst for Change. Um, so we're going to speak to James a bit. Um, about his uh, documentary and about um, how it came around and how he did it and how long it took him to do and yada, yada, yada. James, how are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you, Craig. And uh, cheers for the kind words and very much looking forward to talking Arsenal with you. Wonderful chance this evening. That's no problem at all, mate. Let me make a public apology for uh, for what happened the other night. Deary me, I've had a mare, um, so I'm not doing any more podcasts around my house. Although... I've done the last four around my house um, with no problem. Um, and then just the other night, I don't know what happened. But anyway, we're here and, um, yeah, we're here. No Lee judges tonight, um, as some of you might have uh, might have seen. Uh, Lee is currently in Dubai. He's gone to some kind of uh, The Only Way is Essex audition. I don't know all this kind of newfound fame that he's getting. Um, he's... Uh, you know he's really milking it to be honest. No, he hasn't really gone to Dubai for a for a uh, the only way is Essex audition, but he has gone to Dubai, so um, he might end up doing one. I don't know. So, my standing co-host this evening is Mr. Harry. How are you, sir? I'm good, mate. How are you? Thanks for having me on. No problem. I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. I suppose this would be a good time to plug uh, same old Arsenal extra time, mate. That's right, same old Arsenal Extra Time will be with you guys this coming Monday. Um, It's half an hour long, like Extra Time, and we'll be reviewing the Stoke game, rating the players, and taking some of you guys' questions. And that'll be on our YouTube channel, won't it, Craig? Absolutely, mate, absolutely. Um, I'm hoping that this actually goes on YouTube later as well. I'm I'm always trying new methods. I'm um, I'm like Doc Brown out of Back to the Future. I'm always trying something. I'm always trying something. Um, so hopefully this will get put onto YouTube. 
If not, hello if you're listening to iTunes on SoundCloud. James, a stagnating giant. The first part of your documentary, mate. Got brave reviews. Uh, very well done. Um, a very, very well made video. Um, and at the time, it was a, it was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was very, uh, help me out someone. Um, reliable? Yes. Maybe. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that word. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very reliable. Um, but you followed it up with part two, uh, a catalyst for change again, um, released at a very good time. Again, again, if anyone hasn't seen it, the link will be in the description. Uh, the link to James's video will be in the description below. So make sure you watch it if you haven't watched it, um, mate. When did you decide? You know what? I'm going to make a documentary about Arsenal. Uh, well, I mean, actually, like obviously, with the first one, it was about just over a year ago now, um, and that was just a, an off-the-cuff sort of idea that I had. Never really in the back of my mind. It was always just a spur-of-the-moment thing. I was getting into documentary filmmaking at the time, and I thought. As fans, we're only really fed with one voice at the moment, which is, um, of course, I think, you know, to all agree, Arsenal Fan TV is a predominant voice for Arsenal fans, but I don't think it speaks for a large portion of the fan base. So I thought I'll go to three fans that I know personally. So it's a Mark King, Akil Vias, and Warren Ratcliffe. Uh, spoke to them as people that aren't really put in the spotlight as Arsenal fans and thought I want to portray the regular Arsenal match-going fan that a lot of us don't get to see. And I want to show the frustrations that not just the people on social media can relate to, but people of all ages can look at and think, this is something that I can get behind. This is exactly how I feel. This is embodying how I feel as an Arsenal fan at this moment in time. And that's when I came up with the idea, and that took, didn't take particularly long to produce, and I was really pleased with the reception that got. Um, and looking back, it was just a case of getting those people and cutting the clips up correctly to, to make it kind of in sync and make it work. And I wanted to take this one a little bit further, cut it into sections, talking about Arsene Wenger, the transfer policy, the deeper lying issues that are at Arsenal Football Club. Because although people will make you think it's just Arsene Wenger, it's definitely not just Arsene Wenger at no. Arsenal. There's a lot of underlying problems. And I really wanted to explore that within this film. Like, It's twice the length of the one I did last year. Um, and it was always in the back of my mind to make this one. It's, uh, it's something that I've, I've fought quite long and hard about, considering that I made that one a year ago and I did want to follow it up if the problems were still occurring and in my view despite seeing progress in the Europa League it's not the Champions League it's not the competition we necessarily want to be playing in Arsenal isn't going in the right direction at the moment in my view um, and I wanted to create something that would highlight that and I don't want this to be a film that just highlights the problems that are going on at Arsenal because that'd be pointless I want the title to be something that will actually bring about change, I would hope. Um, we've long heard Ivan Gazidis mention a catalyst for change at Arsenal. He's been saying it for a, a number of years now. And if this can, in some minute way, spur a change of manager, policy, board level uh, management at Arsenal, I mean, that would be absolutely fantastic. Whether that will happen or not, uh, completely another story. But again, it's something I think the fan base can, can get behind and... Um, I, I would like to think that hopefully it speaks for, for a large portion of fans at the moment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, look, what you said about Arsene Wenger, I mean, there's a lot of people um, that think Arsene Wenger's the main problem. You've got to be pretty naive just to blame it all on Arsene Wenger, in my opinion. And I've said it many, many, many times. Um, now, the second part comes around, um, and like you said, it's, it's twice, twice the length. Um, I hope you don't mind me saying it's better edited. Um, than the first one we can all see 
what you've been learning and and you know your your um, the video. Like I said to you before, we come on air. It looks like it's a DVD that you could buy. Um, it's, it, I think it's been edited that good. Um, you nearly made me cry at the start of it um, when you were talking about <laughs> how, how bad things were and all that emotional music was going on. Um, Harry, it's superb, isn't it? Yeah, I'll bet. Harry, isn't it a superb documentary, man? I mean, you watched it last night. Um, People have got to watch it, haven't they? It is absolutely brilliant. And I watched it uh, last night. And I I tweeted about it this morning because I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And what James said for me was spot on there because what I really liked about it was you were listening to Arsenal fans talk about their feelings and and you could feel the emotion coming across but there wasn't that shouting there wasn't that you know sometimes you get shouting swearing and it masks that what you're actually saying whereas in this documentary people were getting their points across brilliantly in a calm way but you still felt the emotion that's what i thought was so fantastic about it the settings was brilliant sitting outside the emirates like not on a match day when there's not really much going on and it just gives you that whole somber feeling about it and I thought it was really really well done really well made that I thought everyone in it was brilliant and um, I'll definitely be recommending it yeah absolutely one of my favourite uh, my favourite people that you have on there is uh, is uh, Warren or uh, was the gooner as he's known on Twitter um, he's such a proper cockney he's more cockney he's more cockney than fucking Phil Mitchell's mum do you know what I mean? say that, mate, considering he's from Hertfordshire. Is he from Hertfordshire? <laughs> no way. Yeah, I promise you, mate, he's not from down here. Oh, my God. Well, if he's not from down here, then he, must have, he must have been a Londoner in a former life or something. Um, I actually love listening to him. Um, and I love his little, I love his little uh, rants on Twitter as well. So if you're not following him, do. Um, at Was The Gooner. Also, um, other guests on there were Giles uh, from The Gooner Ramble. That's correct. Yeah, um, I don't. I forget his name now. But the fellow who runs Gunner Blog, James McNicholas. James McNicholas is it? He was very good. I mean, he was really good. He was so good that I didn't really understand what he was saying some of the time because he was <laughs> the big words he was using. I didn't know what I didn't know what he was going on about. But um, it was yeah, fantastic. Um, who else? Um, Clive, Clive, the wonderful uh, Clive. Yeah. yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I think I've missed. Have I missed one out? Uh, uh, yeah. So I had Gunner Blog, Warren, Clive, Dave, Dave, uh, FK, FK. Um, yeah, and yeah, little ones. And Warren. I like FK too. I do like him. Um, but some of the stuff, some of the stuff he said, I, I didn't really agree with. I'm not going to give too much away because um, I want people to watch it. But one thing I have come to the conclusion of is that FK doesn't like walnuts, but he doesn't mind an old bottle of wine. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's it's funny you say that, mate, because that's actually my kitchen. Oh, not I'm not doing very well here mate, tonight, am it's, I? It's a lot about me. All right, so I'm James not... James don't like walnuts, but he likes an old bottle of wine. I um, think I counted about three bottles of whiskey in there. Forget the wine. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I did too. I said those walnuts. I said those walnuts are definitely left over from Christmas. <laughs> definitely left over. Um, so look with James here we're going to talk a bit about the Arsenal um, as well you have to go and watch these documentaries if you haven't seen the first one please watch the first one um, A Stagnating Giant first and then what move over to Catalyst to Change um, if anyone's listening who was in that um, in, in any of the documentaries 
Congratulations, lads. Absolutely brilliant. Just like James said, um, getting across um, emotion, and like Harry said, getting across emotion um, without the ranting and the shouting and the and the swearing and all that. So congratulations, James. A very, very well-made documentary. And like I said, the link will be uh, below in the description for anyone that wants to watch it. Right, lads, the international break is over. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Arsenal are back in action um, on Sunday against Stoke City. A few things to talk about. Um, and I'll start with James. Jack Wilshere, James. Looks like he's stolen on a contract. Um, he's been getting a bit of hate, mate, in the recent weeks. Yeah, it's a tough one with Jack Wilshere. I suppose it's it's not a situation I ever thought we'd find ourselves in. You know, six, seven years ago with this young 18, 19 year old coming through, absolutely tearing up against Barcelona, and now we're in the situation that we're currently in, where we're potentially looking at losing Jack Wilshere on a free, and there will be clubs queuing up for him. Believe me, because he is still, in my view, despite his injury woes. Uh, one of England's top midfielders and at Arsenal still one of our most valuable and key assets in the midfield despite as I say the injury problems um, to lose him and worryingly to lose potentially Aaron Ramsey as well who's only got a year left on his contract it's not a good situation to be in um, I can understand the offer Arsenal have made towards Jack Wilshere where it's something like uh, 80,000 a week and he gets incentives if if uh, if he remains fit which I, I would say is an attractive offer, but I suppose in his mind, when he sees Ozil earning almost three hundred thousand pounds more a week, um, it's it's going to be difficult for him. It's going to be hard for him to swallow, given how long he's been at Arsenal, given how loyal he would probably say he's been to the club. Um, and I'm I'm really struggling to choose what side to pick, really, because I think the offer that he's got is is one that he should be. I wouldn't say snapping up, but definitely considering very very. Uh, very very ruthlessly and I would hope that he'd eventually along the line if we can slightly improve it he will take that but from the club's point of view we have shown a lot of loyalty to Jack Wilshere let's not forget the money that we've already spent on him during the years he's had out at Arsenal he's had years and years of wages where he's not played football and we've stuck by his rehabilitation the worrying thing for me is Arsene Wenger going to him and saying we don't want you at the club anymore which he kind of essentially did say your, your surplus to requirements at Arsenal last summer um, fair play to him he stayed, he's fought for his place and he's not wormed his way back into the team but he's definitely fought his way back into this Arsenal side and that's encouraging and to go through all that effort, all that hard work that loan at Bournemouth, to see him undo all that by leaving the club and going to another team I mean we've even heard that Man City are in for him would be a real shame and I really hope that doesn't happen but uh, you know, I hope he plays on Sunday I hope he plays with a point to prove um, and I hope that Arsenal improve the contract offerings and we see Jack Wilshere remain here beyond the end of the season Yeah I have to agree with you mate I'd be gutted to see Jack go especially as you say after the loan and all that hard work he's put in um, I did when, when I heard he got in, injured for England it was you know your hand over eyes moment I thought oh no this is going to be him done again for six or eight months you know but um, thankfully he looks like he might play Sunday um, but Harry what, what's your take on I mean I, I put a, a poll out and I said that if you had to choose between Jack Wilshere or Aaron Ramsey for captain captaincy uh, who would you pick and the winner was Jack um, by by a far margin um, now not that it got 60,000 not that it got 60,000 uh, votes but you know, a resounding win for Jack Wilshere you know what? Every time I talk about this, I get myself into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, 
for me, it's it's difficult because before I go on my little rant, I want to make it clear that I would prefer Jack Wilshere to stay at the club. Of course, I would. Like, there's no doubt about that. But like James said, in my opinion, the offer is on the table, if it is what we're told it is, is more than fair considering that there is still major doubts over this guy's ability to stay fit for an entire season. You know, he's injured. He's got injured playing for England, whatever it is. Apparently, he's back on Sunday. But these breakdowns happen too often when it's as when we're talking about Jack Wilshire. You know, he went to Bournemouth last season, had a few injury problems there as well. Um, he didn't really make a significant impact there. Um, much has been made of Wenger's comments, you know, where Wenger supposedly told him that if you want to go, you can go. And for me, that's fair. I mean, everyone's jumping on the on the bandwagon and having a go at Wenger. But at the time Wenger made those comments, you know, Jack had not really done much at Bournemouth and was unfit. So I can understand Wenger's position. You know, we're in a position at the moment where we're trying to improve and keeping players at the club that we know can't stay fit it is not is not the way forward in my opinion look I'd love him to stay I think he needs to wind his neck in a little bit and take the deal that's on the table as opposed to demanding top top dollar I'd rather keep Aaron Ramsey if we only kept one of them I know Aaron Ramsey has his injury problems as well but I think he impacts games much much more and you know this is going to be a little bit controversial but I don't think Jack Wilshire has been that great this season. I think Jack Wilshire has been the best of a bad bunch. We're comparing him to Granit Xhaka, who's had an awful season for the most part. Mohamed Elneny is a £7 million player, like we've said before. And, and who else is he really competing with? So in that sense, whilst he's played better than some of the others, I still don't think he's set the world on fire. And I'm still not convinced he can stay fit. So that's, that's just my feelings on it. Yeah, I mean, James, a lot of people, you know, we, we see a lot of people on social media um, having a go at Jack Wilshere, and a lot of people are saying that we only want him to stay because he's he's the closest, for me, he's the closest thing we've got to an Arsenal fan on the pitch. You know? Um, you know, there was years gone by where you, you could name four, five, six of them, you know, that were that were Arsenal fans playing for Arsenal I've got no connection not much of a connection to anyone else except Jack Wilshere do you think that is um, could that be tugging on my heartstrings um, you know wanting him to stay or like Harry says you know should he wind his neck in take the, take the money he's got get his incentives games and if he doesn't like it you know he can he can, he can well, you know basically he can ump off I think he needs to be realistic. If he is um, a, a true Arsenal fan at heart and he wants to represent his football club, given everything that's gone on, as I mentioned previously, the years he's had out and the club have stood by him, I think he, he would be not really quibbling at that offer too much and I think he'd be taking it and signing on the dotted line. Um, as I say, it's going to come down to a case of those players ahead of him that are getting so much more money, which is why he's stalling. Let's not forget his agent's probably having a big part of playing this as well. But... I totally agree with you that he's got that sentimental value that we all hold on to and it's the exact same for me as it is for you and I'm sure it is for lots of other fans. Jack Wilshere is a massive part of Arsenal Football Club for me at this moment in time because I simply can't relate to many other players. Before Jack Wilshere, it was Theo Walcott, uh, it was Kieran Gibbs, it was these kind of players that I looked at and thought they really know what it means to play for Arsenal. Um, Theo Walcott's probably a bit of a controversial one there but for me, he definitely 
was a big part of Arsenal for me growing up. Uh, and Jack Walsh is the exact same. I mean, he's a player that I will never forget, um, you know, being like 14 years old and watching that performance against Barcelona and seeing this player coming through and wanting him to be the next best thing at Arsenal, knowing that he was the next best thing and then seeing what's happened and seeing his career kind of peter out, even at the age that he is now at just 26 years old. It is a shame to see that happen. Um, and he has got that big big connection with Arsenal fans you know even that that number of times uh, after the FA Cup final wins where you you know you had him singing the chants uh, <laughs> that, that's that's what you want to see yeah sure. absolutely I mean, sure, you, you absolutely. want to see that because yeah. you never see that in modern football these days it's also PC it's also nice nice and Jack Walsh you know he kind of he's a bit of a rebel he goes against the odds and I really like that in a player and I really like what he he brings to Arsenal Football Club but uh, I can totally see where Harry's coming from um, in saying that at this moment in time, with Arsenal bringing in the changes in the back backgrounds, with Sven Mislintat coming in, with Rossinelli coming in, we have to be making those key changes on the pitch as well. So by getting rid of Jack Wilshere, a player that has been consistently injured for us and hasn't offered a great deal to us, let's be realistic, over the past couple of seasons, I don't think it would be a big loss to Arsenal. Uh, I really don't. But from a fan perspective and as someone that wants to go to games to see players like Jack Wilshere, I think it's a huge loss and um, I hope that he can not just stay at the club and be that sentimental figure at Arsenal but I hope he can be that player that he was when he was 18, 19 years old and take the world by storm again and take England by storm because that's mm. that's what I want for Jack Wilshere. Absolutely. I, yeah, go on mate. Sorry mate, I just wanted to ask you guys one question. If Jack Wilshere was not English would we be saying the same things about him? Would he still have that sentimental value? Would we still be talking about, you know, someone who loves the club? Because for me, that is what is blinding most Arsenal fans. For me, that what? is what is blinding them. And, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, I'm from a Greek background and I love to see a Greek player doing well. And I feel more attachment to a player. It, like, for example, when Greece won the Euros, I felt attached to those players because, you, you know, you feel it. That, that patriotism is there but that for me is what's blinding a great deal of our supporters at the moment the fact that he's English because if you look at Jack Wilshere the player not the person like James said he doesn't offer very much well I don't I don't know because like I before before like Lee, Lee's, Lee judges now while he's sipping his pina colada by the pool he's going to laugh at me now but I felt the same affiliation with Sejny He's come through the yeah. he's come through the ranks. He he, he wanted to be here. Um, he done the rebel things, you know. I mean, like when, when we used to beat Spurs and he used to play the Saints go marching in on the piano and all that business and send it to all Spurs fans. And so him being English for me, no, it's got nothing to do with it. It's got nothing to do yeah. with it. He, he, he's for me anyway. He's come through the ranks. He's been at Arsenal since he was what nine or ten, I think, I believe. You know he's, he's Arsenal through and through, um, like Chesney. I mean, look when Chesney when Chesney joined Juventus, and he was asked about Arsenal, and the man started crying. You know, I really thought we were gonna we were gonna have him back, but and, and I really thought he was gonna be our number one. But yeah. getting but getting back to the original question, I'm only using Chesney as an example because he's not English, but I still had the same affiliation to Chesney than I did to Wilshire. Yeah, and I I think so. From what you're saying, I can see that that's not the case with you, Craig. But I do think there's a lot of supporters out there that do associate a player 
as, you know, oh, we need to keep him, he's homegrown and stuff. But there's other players that have been at the club since they were 15, 16 years old that have come from foreign shores and I felt an attachment with. You know, I I was attached to Cesc Fabregas when he was at Arsenal. Yeah. And he, he had come from Barcelona. Well, so was I. I mean, all, yeah. any, so, yeah. I think any, I think as a fan, any player that comes through the youth system and breaks in, you know, and breaks into the first team, I think the affiliation is there anyway. It doesn't matter whether he's English, French, German, Spanish. Because he's been here for such a long time and he's come through the ranks and he's worked hard and he's played through the youths and the reserves and this and the other, and he breaks into the first team, I just think that affiliation is there. Like with Reese, with Reese Nelson, It's not so much there with me with Reece, players like Reese Nelson and Chris Willock because they haven't really made an impact yet. Yeah. But Jack Wilshere came in and he made an impact straight away. Fabregas came in, he made an impact straight away. Chesney came in, he made an impact straight away. I'm I'm pretty sure, and I hope to God that these other young players will, I will, you know, um, I forgot what I, was, I forgot the word. Make an impact. Yeah, make an impact. <laughs> they do make an impact, um, and I do feel you know loyal to them as, as the young players. But it's, it's, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, you know, and it's a good, it's a good point. I mean, if you look at other clubs, I mean, surely we're we're one of the we're one of the clubs that have really have let a lot of youngsters through. Yeah. Um, and but giving Greg, them a I chance. Mean, the worrying thing for me is we've also let a lot of youngsters go. Yes, um, we have. We I have. Mean, just look at Marcus McGuan, yeah. who's gone to Barcelona. He looked like an absolute prodigy. I was yeah. really excited to see him come through. 18 years old, and he thinks he's got a better chance at Barcelona than he has of getting in the Arsenal team. Yeah, I know. And but does that come down to? Does that, that come down? Me. Does that come down to the man in the office, James? You know. Well, I mean, it, I, I don't want to talk. You know, I, I'm, I'm, no, no, of course, Craig, I'm, I don't want to talk about it, but. If you look at what Marcus McGuan said when he went to Barcelona, he sat down with the manager and Arsene Wenger made it quite clear that he wasn't going to get opportunities at Arsenal, which is really worrying for me. And it surprises me, given the players that we had come through, like Wilshere, like Gibbs, like Chesney, like Fabregas, where we were kind of dishing out chances here, there and everywhere. Now we're kind of reluctant to do that. And it surprises me when we've got players like Nelson and Ketia and Willock, who I reckon if they were given a run of games in the team could quite... Well, not easily, but they had the potential to make an impact. Uh, just look at Maitland-Niles, another player that's coming through and making an impact in the Arsenal team this season. He's a bloody good um, player, he is. I just yeah, wanted to I mean, put that in there. We, we've got a lot to be excited about in the youth. And relating back to you know the Jack Wilshere topic, um, I think as well, above everything that's going on with him, and regardless of whether he stays on at Arsenal this season, he's a great example to these, these young players coming through, especially the English ones. I know that it's... Um, it might not be the key thing here, but being English and coming through at Arsenal, I think it is something that will get these players motivated and it shows that there is a chance. And uh, hopefully, you know, as I say, Jack Wilshire will stay on and continue to be an example for those young players. Let's hope yeah. so. Absolutely. And it's a, that's a bloody good point, James, you know. I mean, as well, I've sat here and I've said about, you know, you should just take what's on the table. But if you're, you know, Jack Wilshire's agent or Aaron Ramsey's agent and you've sat there and watched Mesut Ozil hold the club to ransom till the very last minute to get the best deal possible then you'd be stupid not to do the same so I think that plays a part in it as well yeah I should think so I mean at the end of the day the agents are there to do a job and uh, you know and the job is to get their is, is to get their their, their their client the best pay packet um, so I, you know when I hear people say oh agents agents 
it, it doesn't really wash for me because that's what they're there to do. do you know, that's what Jack that's Wilshire. Right. That's what Jack Wilshire pays him to do. Um, you know, so when I hear people talking about agents, I, you know, I just leave the conversation politely. Um, <laughs> but you made a good point there, James. It's something I want to touch on. Right, you said that uh, the young player that you mentioned, um, what was his name? The young player that went to Barcelona, McGuinn. McGuinn. So why is it then Arsene Wenger won't give him a chance? And then he goes to Barcelona and he does get a chance. What? What's you know? You look at Arsenal, you look at Barcelona. You think, well, he if he can't get in the Arsenal team, how the bloody hell is he going to get in a Barcelona team? It's a tough one, mate. Um, I would like to say as well, like just just first and foremost, like there is no guarantee like he'll he'll succeed at Barcelona. I mean, he played in um, there was a cup competition he played in where he got to play alongside some of the first team players, which is a big step up the rung yeah. for him. Um, but he'll be starting off in the Barcelona B team, which is a lot more competitive yeah. than the under-23s at Arsenal. So that must have been a big incentive for him. And he kn- he's going there knowing that he's not going to break into the Barcelona team for a good number of years yet. But it says a lot that he thinks he can go there exactly. and have more of a chance. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what's what's really worrying about Arsenal. Um, you know, Maybe he is frustrated that we put more faith in a player like... Not to discredit Mohamed on any at all, but we offer him a new contract rather than say give Maguire a chance. Whether that's the case or not, you know, probably isn't. But it's uh, he might look at that and, and take it that way, which is is worrying. Go on, Harry. Do you guys not think though that the reason these players aren't getting a chance anymore is is partly to do with the whole climate around the club? Because Arsene Wenger is someone who for the first. 10, even 15 years of his Arsenal career was constantly giving youth a chance. There were games we would go into and I'd be thinking, Arsene, what on earth are you doing? And he had the bollocks to do it, to be fair to him. Do you not think that the the negativity around the club at the moment and the fact that everybody's waiting for him to slip up has put him off taking these risks? Yeah, good point. It is a good point. I mean, there are people waiting for him in there. They're like snipers. Um, (laughs) Waiting for him to, to mess up. But... I still don't. I still don't think he's given. Like James said, I I still don't think he's given. You know the the likes of Enketia, Willock, Nielsen. I don't think he's given them enough game time um, this year. Like I, I made the point of the Europa League. Now, the the tournament is is quite important to us this year um, because you know we. The way I look at it, we need it to get the back door for the Champions League, right? Arsenal being out of the Champions League is something that I'm not used to, you're not used to, any any one of us is used to. Um, maybe except for people, you know, in the 80s and early 90s when there wasn't the Champions League anyway. But you know what I'm trying to say. Um, now we're in the Europa League. It's important that we win the Europa League. Well, it's important to me that we win the Europa League. Not only for uh, qualifying for the Champions League, but you know to win a major European trophy. Because I don't care what anyone says, it's still the UEFA Cup to me, um, and, and, and it's a major trophy. It's a major European trophy. But Harry Kane, players like Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, you know, they all made their name playing in, in these types of competitions, and I, I don't know why Wenger is so slow. You know, you'd be shouting like. You'd be shouting in the terraces or be shouting at home when I'm watching it on the telly. You know, you're begging for some pace or something up front. He's got Enketiah on the bench and he brings on Mohamed Elneny for Aaron Ramsey. You know, and I just don't get it. I don't get Arsene Wenger's management anymore. 
Um, well, I haven't for a long time, and I don't get you know some of the decisions he makes um, on the bench. I just I just don't get it. He's got a young lad there chomping at the bit. Well, he's got three young lads there chomping at the bit um, that want to get into the team, that want to prove they're good enough. But he just will not. It, it seems to me that he will not. He doesn't have the faith in them, and I'm afraid that when the time comes, we're wasting time, and they'll be gone just like the other ones, James. Yeah, I, I, spe- I think especially at this point in the season where we are with regards to the Premier League, where it's it's a dead rubber for us. Um, we haven't got a lot to play for. It'd be great to see Arsenal go into that game against Stoke and you know play a midfield pivot of Aaron Ramsey and Joe Willock. Why not? Let's let's see that for a change, just to mix things up. Obviously, you're going to have to take players like Granit Xhaka, our key first team players, but. We've got nothing to play for in the league. And these players, if they were to play a big part, 60 minutes in a 3-0 win at home to Stoke, I'm being very assuming there, but let's say we do win that game comfortably and they've played a part in it. Massive confidence mm. boost to them. Um, Reese Nelson as well, given we've lost Fiala Walcott, what, you know, we're sleeping on this kid and it's a real shame. The goal he scored for England under-19s the other day, absolutely Peach. sensational. Yeah. Unbelievable footballer that we've got coming through there. And we've got a lot of young players coming through. Um Looking down even further, players like Charlie Gilmore that are coming through the ranks. So I'm excited by this Arsenal youth team, but I completely see what you're saying, Harry, with regards to Arsene Wenger's reluctance to play these players because I think he's cocooned himself a little bit in a full sense of security where he can play these re- reliable footballers that don't necessarily make the impact that we, we want them to. And it is boring to watch at times. It is really, really boring to watch. And I would be really excited if I saw... Eddie and Ketia in the starting lineup on Sunday. Um, but as, as well, on the flip side, got to be realistic. We have got Lacazette coming back into the frame of things. We've got Danny Welbeck as well, still trying to get his fitness and minutes up. We've just brought in a Bamiyang. Is one of those three going to get benched for a young 18 year old coming through? Probably not. Um, and we've got to be realistic about that. But it's uh, again, it's exciting to see these players coming through. And in these final few games of the Premier League, I sincerely hope that they get a couple of starts under their belt. Absolutely, um, but yeah, go back to your original point, Harry. It, it probably is. It probably is that because, like I said, they're wait. The snipers waiting there for every mistake um, that Arson makes uh, to to jump on it. You know. Um, so Stoke on Sunday. Let me just tell you that I hope we help condemn them to the championship. I hate Stoke City, um, probably as much as I hate Tottenham, to be honest. Uh, ever since that, um, ever since that, you know, situation up there when Aaron Ramsey broke his leg, um, and then when he comes back, then to boo a player, I've got, I've got really, I've just got a really bad problem with that. To boo a player uh, who got one of their players sent off while he's lying on the ground with his leg snapped in half, you know, I've got massive problems with that. Um, now, if there's any Stoke fans watching, I won't paint you all with the same brush, but uh, if he's one of your mates, the fellas who boos, you might tell him not to do it anymore. But I don't like them anyway. They play rubbish football. Their ground's rubbish. Their manager's rubbish. Their kit's rubbish. Um, and their goal nets are rubbish. And they still so, beat us away from home every year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and probably more reason to hate them. But, um, well, when I say hate, dislike. Hate's a very big word. I dislike them. Um, to see them go down would make me quite uh, quite warm. What? Lacazette, will he be match fit? And And... Will we see a Bama Yang and Lacazette up front together, Harry? No chance. <laughs> no chance. I can't see that happening. Um, if I'm honest, 
I'm not going to really have a go because I don't think I would start Lacazette um, at the weekend given how long he's been out for. A little 15-20 minute cameo at the end would be helpful considering we've got a Europa League fixture on Thursday which mm. he's eligible for and I don't know how much longer I can take seeing Danny Welbeck leading the line for Arsenal. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you've got to be cautious there. Um, I'd lo- Like you said, I'd love to stick the knife in on Stoke. Absolutely despise them. I- I'm not even going to say it's too strong a word. I genuinely do. Um, that They make my blood boil. Uh, been up there a few times. It's a horrible atmosphere in there, especially when we go. And I was talking to someone else, a mate of mine who's actually a Chelsea fan, and we were discussing the trip to Stoke. And it seems as though they ramp it all up for when we come to town. They- they've yeah. really got it in for us. It's as though our captain went and broke one of their players' legs. But... Yeah whatever, I'd like to uh, be part of the reason that they, they find themselves back in the championship. I must make it clear though, I don't blame Ryan Shawcross either. It's just, I don't, you know, it, it was a 50-50 ball and Shawcross went in for it, Ramsey went in for it, alright, Shawcross went over the ball and he broke Aaron Ramsey's leg, but it could have been anyone, it could have happened to anyone. I don't blame Ryan Shawcross. It's just the fans. I, how, can you, how can you boo a player that's lying on the pitch with his leg snapped enough? I don't get it. It's more uh, the lack of remorse for me than the actual action. Yeah, if that makes sense. Do you know? I mean, I don't. I don't blame Ryan, Ryan Shawcross, and I, you know, I've never have done. I've never, you know, blamed him for that. It was a challenge, fifty-fifty. Ball was there. Unfortunately, Ryan went in with his foot up, and Aaron's been, you know, Aaron's come worse off. Is it something you'd like to see, James, in the future? Lacazette and Aubameyang up front together. Oh, mate, I think it's something that we all want to see. Um, I'm itching to see it happen. It's it's something that uh, I'm a bit pessimistic about, to be honest, because I suppose it would resort to Arsene Wenger playing one of them out wide, which I would not like to see. It would really waste one of their poten- uh, one of their potentials. Um, but I do hope that we revert to you know um, some sort of formation with two up top, which would allow us to play with those two, and then potentially you know uh, a three four one two something along those lines would work really nicely for Arsenal having two wing-backs bombing on in um, Hector Bellerin and Kolasinac or Monreal providing the whip to a Babiang and Lacazette. It's something I'm absolutely dying to see and with the pace that we've got, um, lacking in hold-up play a little bit, I'd say, but it is it is definitely a front two that you would hope would cause problems to the Premier League and with Ozil in behind, it's, it's tantalising. Oh, it's something I think... Um, scary. I think it's, we've got to bed that in for next season yeah. because, I mean, yeah, with all the woes that we've got at Arsenal, to have you know, a, a deep-lying midfield general in someone like Aaron Ramsey, then just ahead of them, Moza Ozil, and then Aubameyang and Lacazette. That's a formidable uh, attacking force next season. I sincerely hope that we, we use these um, these final Premier League games to, to to gel them two together. Just before we go on to the questions um, from, from the followers and, and, and the people who listen to the pod, I just want to ask you one question um, regarding the player. We see... Mohamed Elneny signed a new contract um, this week, uh, to which I believe is fully deserved. Um, this boy's come in. Yes, he's not of the greatest ability. Um, yes, he's not the superstar we all hoped that we were going to get. Well, I think a lot of people forget that this man cost, I think it was five or between five and seven million pounds. He's a squad player, and he knows he's a squad player. But yet, he wants to stay here and he wants to fight for his place and he wants to play for Arsenal. Harry, can you please tell me why the people that have a go at El Nenny are wrong? 
Well, it's everything you said. He's he's the ideal squad player. He's he's got a brilliant attitude. There's no doubt about that. He comes on and he plays wherever he's asked to, without any trouble. Effort is always ten out of ten. He's not the most naturally gifted footballer. There's no doubt about that. But there is something there. He's not completely useless. You know, you could put El Nenny in the centre of the park and know that he will do you a decent job. And and for me, it's important to have players like that around your squad. I think. The people that are complaining about us signing El Nenny up on on another deal are the same people that are adamant that the club should bow down to Jack Wilshere's wishes, because I think what it is is the frustration from that has spilled over. You know, people are hearing that Jack Wilshere can't get a deal done, and then they hear El Nenny signed, and it's a bit of a kick in the teeth to those people. That's how they see it anyway. But I think they're completely wrong. I think Mohamed El Nenny is a brilliant squad player. He served us well, in particular in the cup competitions this season, in the Europa League when he's been asked to play. You know, alongside people like Maitland Niles, um, he was asked to play centre back with Debussy a few times. I thought he done fantastically well, and, and that shouldn't be forgotten. Absolutely, James. Would you agree with that? Uh, to an extent, he's he's a player that um, I think is useful for certain situations. I think that game against Watford, where we beat him three 0 not too long ago, was perfect for a player like Mohamed and he is that that squad player that um I haven't particularly got an issue with playing in the in the Carabao Cup or the, the odd FA Cup game or you know the odds um Champions League hopefully next season uh game either he he is a reliable player but not someone that I would say particularly inspires me to watch Arsenal he's not the sort of player that I'd like to see us play on a regular basis as I say, he's useful. He can be that player that, if needs be, if re- needs really be, can play at centre half. Um, but he's not a player that I'd want to see starting week in, week out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not disheartened to see he's got a new deal. I'm not disappointed at all. I think he's a, a good player to have. Unique players like that. Um, every team has got them. I mean, look at look at what City did with their equivalent of Mohamed Elneny and Fabian Delph, and you know, mm. he became a regular starter for them. If we could perhaps find a way for Elneny to be that. Uh, reliable to us I mean that would be fantastic and I think he's a player who's got bundles of energy he loves the club there's no doubt about that and he should be given the respect I think he deserves because he's probably not on anywhere near as much money as someone like Mesut Ozil is Um, and he he just plays football with a smile on his face and um, I think that's very important in a player Uh, uh, yeah not much to add no I agree I agree useful player to have in the team I agree Let's move on to some questions. Um, we've got five or six of them here. This one comes in from uh, the Paguna. Thank you very much, sir, uh, for your continued support. Um, always uh, interacting with this man, um, and he's great. Uh, thanks for your question, mate. Uh, lads, he said, who should be the next Arsenal captain? Harry. Oh, out of the players. Out of the players that there, that's there now. Right. Out of players are saying now. It's there now. Let's let's say for example we don't make any signings in the summer and we start next season with the players that we've got. Who would you give the armband to? Nacho Monreal. Good shout. Good shout. James? Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say Monreal but the only thing that's holding me back slightly is uh, his age. So he's not a long-term captain and that's something that's really wound me up that we've always given the captain to someone who's over... 30 years old and mm. we never have them playing in the squad the season after the uh, candidate for me would be Aaron Ramsey I think he he's not necessarily someone that shouts on the pitch but he is someone that plays relentlessly always gives his all and um, is that presence in midfield that I think we've lacked in a British player as well which I think um, 
that isn't necessarily the most important thing in the 21st century but again a player a, a, a symbol um, of what it means to be an Arsenal player and given that everything he's gone through regarding his leg break and the way he's fought back and he's been at Arsenal a decade um, I think it would be silly not to have him down as a candidate I think it's between him and dare I say Jack Wilshere as well uh, so for me it's, it's Aaron Ramsey he's in the team more he contributes more to the sides um, in terms of goals and assists and he's uh, he's a fantastic footballer for me and an inspiration to a lot of young players coming through so for me uh, Aaron Ramsey Absolutely that's who I would pick um, as well Aaron Ramsey but the other night I was thinking do you know how when sometimes you can, you, you can give the armband to a player and you know they kind of take off or come out of their shell or whatever I mean like when David Beckham was made England captain um I think that was one of the probably the best things that happened to him throughout his career, uh, being, becoming England captain. You know, we all saw what the kind of stuff he used to get up to when he kicked Diego Simeone in the World Cup. You know, pathetic things like that. Um, you know, creeping into his game uh, when he was at Man United. There was another. Uh, I mean, I remember when England made uh, Wayne Rooney captain. You know, that really pushed him on. Um, I thought Wayne Rooney played some of the best football we ever played for England when he was captain so putting when I was lying in bed one night thinking about it and I'm not saying this I'm not saying this player should be captain but what I'm saying is if we put the captain's armband on Mercer Ozil do you think that would give him the extra responsibility or the extra push to actually see because I don't know about you guys but I'm still waiting to see in, in dribs and drabs, we're seeing what he can do. But I want to see what Mercer Ozil can do every bloody week, like when he played for Real Madrid. If I put that captain's armband on Ozil, do you think, in any way, shape or form, it might make him a better player, Harry? I think Mercer Ozil is already a great player, and I think a lot of the criticism he gets is not because of his actual performances, it's because of that body language that he sometimes displays you know I see him at the Emirates week in week out sometimes he'll lose the ball in the corner and he looks like he doesn't care but you can see his face you can see he's disappointed in himself when he miscontrols the ball or something like that I think Mesut Ozil I get what you're saying my only concern would be putting him under that extra pressure would bring extra criticism and I don't think that Mesut Ozil is, is necessarily mentally tough enough to, to deal with even more criticism than he already gets so that's the only thing that would put me off doing that maybe James if I'm being honest with you I think if he was offered the captain's armband he'd say no um, I don't think he's the sort of player that would want that uh, responsibility I think he'd be flattered don't get me wrong but I think he's a subtle player and someone that kind of likes to play in the shadows of the game not someone that wants to be the glaring focal point of the team. He's a very, very unselfish player mm. and not someone that... And he's not a leader. Um, he is on, on in the way he plays, but he's not an actual vocal leader. I know I've contradicted myself by you know opting for Aaron Ramsey, who's not mm. the most vocal of players, but I just don't see him as captain material, yeah. whatever that means. He's not, he's not the player that I would be looking to, especially... Yeah. And I think the body language thing, although it is quite petty, I think it is a big thing when you're on the pitch and you're in that environment... Um, I, don't, I just don't think he's got the um, the steel, the grit at times to to pull himself through that. I mean, I still look back to that situation at Man City when we lost 6-3 and you had Mertzsacker coming up to him and 
you know, yeah. giving him a, giving him an earful. He's just he's 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 a brilliant footballer, a wonderful human being, but um, he's not someone that I would particularly want to see as Arsenal captain. Okay, so both of you, both, basically, both of you are telling me that I think about absolute rubbish. Basically, um, both shut you down there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, look, I wasn't, I wasn't saying for one minute that Mercer Ozil should be a candidate for captain. Let me get that clear. But it was just a thought. That's all. I was just thinking, you know. Going do you know through... who? Do you know who could be a potential captain in the future if he gets his game together and a manager comes in and uses him properly? I think Granit I know. Shaka. Granit Shaka. Yeah. Shaka. Yeah. You know, he's he's young enough. He's tough enough. He plays in the right position for me to be a captain. Because um, I always prefer my my captains to be either defenders or deep line midfield players. I don't like it when centre forwards are captains. I, I don't like that. I don't know why. I just never have. Um, so, and I just think you know, Granite Shaka has got that fire in his belly sometimes, and, and I think he could be someone who, in the future, could take that role up if if the club can find a way of getting the best out of it. Because at the moment, it's not happening. Everybody knows that the captain of a football team should be the goalkeeper. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Next question. This one comes in from uh, Tokyo Guna. Hello, good evening. Thanks for your question. Uh, and he says, lads, who do you think is going to be the best player out of the three in five years from now? Oh. Eddie Nketiah, Reese Nelson or Joe Willock? Who do you think is going to be the better player in five years' time? Well, I'm going to I'm going to put my neck on the line straight away and and say Eddie for me. I'd hope they're all as good as each other. Yeah, um, yes, yes, there's that as well. Yes, but I, if I had to pick one that I've been most impressed by all his all round game, it would be um, Reese Nelson. Yeah, and I know why you said that because, like you mentioned before, that goal he scored for England the other night was a peach. Um, yeah. and he is he's going to be a fantastic footballer, but I just hope. Do it like like James said. I just hope we're not going to waste the time. Just get him in now. You know, if we like look at the weekend, at the weekend. If we're, you know, let's talking hypothetically. If we're three 0 up with fifty minutes gone, you know, and we're cruising, and Stoke have caved in, and you know, oh for God's sake, just blow the whistle. No reason why Reese Nelson shouldn't be brought on the pitch. The same as with Enketia, and the same as with Joe Willock. Um, that you know, that's what I think we've got to be doing. Um, so. For James, it's Nielsen and Harry. I'm going to say Willock. That's what my crystal ball is telling me. Um, I've I've been impressed when I've seen him in the centre of midfield a couple of times. I think um, he, you know, I think with with flair players like Reese Nelson, sometimes it doesn't quite happen for them. If they don't find the right fit, then it doesn't quite happen. And and whereas Willock is a bit more combative, um, and I, and I fancy him to do pretty well, to be honest. I like Enketia as well. It was out of the two for me. Um, I think the hype around Nelson is a bit over the top, if I'm being honest, uh, because you know he's done some brilliant things at youth level, reserve level, under 23s, whatever. But until I see him do it, sort of for the first team, then I'm always going to be a little bit sceptical of how good he actually is. So yeah, I'm going to go with Willick. Okay, so Stoke it is on Sunday. Uh, the Premier League is back, uh, and as I said at the top of the show, thanks be to God. Uh, the last things we need to do is get some predictions. So, James, let's have your prediction, mate. Let's have your first goal scorer and full-time score. First goal scorer. Um, Going to go with Aaron Ramsey. I'd love to see him get a goal against Stoke. And my full-time score? Uh, I'd like to see Aaron Ramsey score three against Stoke. 
Yeah, let's, let's, be optimistic. <laughs> let's, let's say 4-0 to the Arsenal. Oh, I like it. I, I like that. I'll, I'll have 4 nil all day long. Harry? Well, I actually sat there earlier and I decided that I'm going to try something new for the YouTube channel. So I've done a FIFA simulator. So I went on there, I downloaded the latest squads and I put Arsenal versus Stoke, the teams that are expected to play. And it came out 1-0 to Arsenal or Bamiyang. So I'm going to go with that. I'll tell you what, you what, you could put a pound on that as well, I'd say. You never know. Yeah, I think we'll beat them, and I think we'll beat them well. Um, do I think they'll score? No, I don't. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say 4 0, and I'm going to say first goal, Danny Welbeck. There you go. Let's just throw it up in the air. Danny Welbeck, first goal. Um, because knowing Wenger. That guy Welbs. Yeah, that, that, that guy Welbs. Knowing Wenger, he'll either start him or put him up front instead. Birmingham. Um so yeah this that that's, that brings us uh, that concludes the podcast um for the evening. Joe, thank you very much um for coming on. Um uh, sorry it's a day late. We got you here in the end. Um I'm sure I speak on behalf of Lee, me, Lee and Harry wish you all the best in the future mate for your future um video makings. Um whether they be about Arsenal, whether they be about whatever you choose them to be about. I wish you all the very best. Um, and like I said, I'm sure I, I'm sure I, I speak for Lee as well. That, that bastard lion bite in Dubai. Um, so thanks for joining us, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, cheers, lads. Thanks for having me on. And um, I meant to say earlier in the, in the pod, but thanks for the kind words right at the start that you both came out with. It was um, really flattering, really humbling. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, keep it going and uh, get a few more Arsenal-related videos out there soon. Absolutely, that's mate. right. Can't wait. Have every standing co-host this evening and don't forget yeah um it's good. we're gonna I mean, try something new and harry's agreed to come on board um and we've called it the same old arsenal extra time we called it extra time because it's very long um and we're going to talk uh, harry will have he won't be there he won't so harry went by two for us and about the on Monday evening, am I right? Yeah, that's right, Monday night. And they will be live on YouTube. Um, so if you want to tune into them, look out for the notifications. Notification squad, turn on the bell, man, so you get the notifications. Um, and we might give you, do a hashtag notification squad shout out. No, I'm only joking. Um, so that will be on Monday, and that will be live. Um, if you want to have a look at that, please do. All there is for me to say. We'll see you next week. The judges will be back. Not sure who will be next week just yet. Um, but there'll be someone. There'll be someone hanging around that wants to talk about Arsenal. Um, until I see you, it's for me, James, up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.